Grace Bible Church. Welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. Here we are again. And I'm here, of course, with Lead Pastor Brent Bullard. Oh, I can't believe we have the... Oh, wow. Yeah, we got Bobby and Mary Austin with us today. Thank Hi. you all. It's good to be here. Hi. They are just so excited to be here today. And uh, their beautiful three girls are just having a blast right now in the office foyer. Eating all the snacks. Absolutely. Yeah. The way it ought to be. Uh, so thanks for y'all for being here. It was a fun transition into now we're going to talk about you guys. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like we say uh, almost every week, we're thankful for just an opportunity to, to get to share um, the stories of the people within our church. And uh, of course, Bobby, you're on staff, but you guys are also church members. And so it's important for our uh, our church to, to know us well, uh, to know all of the, the as many as, as possible well. And so... Um, so we get a chance to hear some chainsaws in the background, oh, but yeah. also get to hear your story. So, um, so I'm going to kind of actually do ladies first. Mary, you uh, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your uh, your story, how you came to know Christ, and then how you ended up here at Grace, which sure. kind of goes together, I'm sure. Yes. It does. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Nacogdoches, and I grew up um, going to Grace Bible Church. Um, my parents came to NAC without having any family here. And so um, as new-ish believers coming to Grace, the families here became our family, hmm. which was a really neat way to grow up. Um, I can't breathe. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when I was, we used to do Awana at Grace. And when I was five-ish, um, the gospel was just really presented in the little Awana class that I was in. And I knew that I was a sinner and I realized that that was a problem. And not that I hadn't heard that at home. It was just, that's what the Lord used to clip it all together in my heart. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely, like, for, for what I could understand at the time, knew I needed a Savior and wanted Jesus, accepted Jesus as that Savior. Um, and, you know, like, we were at church. We were really involved in things. But honestly, it wasn't until I was at the end of sixth grade they let the outgoing sixth graders go to youth group. And that night, um, the guy that was teaching, he challenged the room of high school kids really to read their Bible every day for the next month. And I guess I just had enough, like, I can do that. <laughs> that I was like, I can do that, you know? And so I went and um, started reading the Bible on my own. I didn't even really know what I was doing or where to start, though I'd seen it modeled in my parents. Mm. Um, but I remember getting to the book. I started in the New Testament because that felt easy. Um, and I got to James and it was like I was hit between the eyes. I was like, oh my gosh. Mm. It means that like to be a believer is not just to be right with God. It's meant to change your life. And mm. reading things like um, taming your tongue and <laughs> not praising God and then turning around and talking bad about people. Um, all of those things just as a now junior high, I was like, Lord, you're going to have to help me. Um, and so I continued, I mean, that just started a pattern of, um, spending time in God's word and feeling like I was getting to know him for myself, but also feeling very like, Lord, you're going to have to help me. I don't, I don't know how to do this on my mm. own. Um, and then 
my the summer before my freshman year of high school, I had a really insane jaw surgery that really changed the way I looked um, completely. Like I did not look like myself at mm. all. And as much as I hated it, and like honestly, 10 years later, they were like, we could really stand to reoperate. And I was like, if my jaw's not falling off, don't touch it. Mm. But when I look at what God did, I feel like at a time when it would have been easy to find my identity in a lot of things, he was the only sure thing. Like I knew, I knew that I felt like I was trapped inside this other person's face, body. I don't know. Mm. But I knew that he knew me and he knew my heart and that that was honestly who I was and what my value was. And so, I mean, really, like, I, I hate it, and I'm so grateful for it at the same time because I feel like um, it just changed the rest of those years also, and I feel like I'm talking too much. But um, Nancy Cagle, my best friend, is the daughter of Nancy Cagle. And Nancy proactively found a young mom when we were in junior high to meet with us on Wednesdays. Um, we would leave school and get dropped off at her house until we were old enough to drive and until youth group, she would meet with us. And when we started, she had two kids. And by the time we graduated high school, she had four. Um, but that just shaped my parents loved Jesus. And like everything at home reiterated that. And they were so quick to like be obvious that they wanted to follow where the Lord was leading, even though they hadn't seen it modeled. And so they needed him to show them what to do. Um, but there was just it was a different thing for it to be another mom and another family and to watch her have little, raise her little kids and be a wife. And that was just so shaping to me. There are things I laugh because I mow our yard um, unless Bobby beats me to it, but I love to mow. But <laughs> honestly, I'm like, even things like that, she mowed, her husband was a coach, so she mowed their yard. So to me, that was just normal. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, you know, so spiritually who probably I am as a mom whatever, all those things just really shaped me. And I feel like the Lord so graciously just gave me a million different ways to know him and to know what it meant to live for him, even when it didn't feel like that's what everybody around me was doing. And, um, anyway, so like formatively, I would say that was like the foundation of, you know, what even today he's still growing in me, but, mm. um, yeah. So all of that, it's like layers and layers of the people of Grace Bible Church, um, God using them through his grace to just draw me to himself and then teach me how to walk with him. That's so cool. Thanks for sharing all that. Bobby, how about you, sir? How did you come to know Christ and how did you end up here? Yeah, well... And maybe how did y'all meet? Oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> uh, what? She was actually mowing. Going? I saw her mowing. And I, I, <laughs> that mowing uh, form. What a lockdown. I need somebody to mow my yard. Yeah. That, that's usually what never a problem, except whenever she was pregnant and mowing. And I think I was like the shame of the neighborhood. <laughs> yes, I know that <laughs> feeling. Like, that husband doesn't even care. Um, so growing up in a in a Christian home, we were at church all the time. Uh, my mom taught Sunday school. My dad was a deacon. But um, I think I interpreted a lot of what I grew up with and around uh, as knowledge. I wanted to have the right answer. I mm -hmm. wanted to 
win the game that we played in Sunday school for candy, you know, whatever it was, <laughs> and really just started equating those things to being good, that I needed to be moral uh, more than I needed to see a need for Jesus. And mm-hmm. so that just continued all the way through high school and, and youth group. I was always there, always had the answer, signed up for all the things, but there certainly wasn't vulnerability or, I don't know, probably really a, the grasping of that there was anything to be vulnerable about. Like my life was good. I was good. Hmm. Um, and then Baylor was the exact same way. Um, just a school that was kind of a lot of other kids who grew up that way and just the cultural Christianity uh, theme going on there was just mm. very pervasive. And then um, worked at Pine Cove at a camp, and I don't know how I got hired there. I don't know why they gave me the jobs that they gave me because if I was in the position that they are in, I would have been like, man, we blew it on this guy. <laughs> he must have tricked <laughs> us or something. But through a weird occurrence where I had to get in front of a bunch of people. And that was when I was way too cool for school. Not even that level of vulnerability. Like I don't, I didn't want to do things I wasn't good at. I didn't want to fail ever publicly. Just in that weird moment, the Lord just showed me my brokenness that showed that I need a savior, that I'm not good enough. I could never be good enough. Um, but that that's okay. That's the beauty of having a savior. And so it just, it hit me and it's still to this day, my tendency is to want to do it in my own power to, to want to be good enough for something to be able Mm. to, uh, wing it on things and just really come into grips, you know, every day that like, I need a savior. Like I, need to look in the mirror every day and be like, okay, Lord, like, I don't want to do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. Mm. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's still a process. I mean, it wasn't like that happened and it was like, oh, I'll never struggle with that again. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's been neat to come into grace, uh, and kind of Mary's family, just from them all being here and her having grown up here. And just to see like a really neat picture of a family that grew up with those things. And and we had those things in our home. It just wasn't as openly discussed. Um, and so it's a, a really neat, like tangible model to have a Rick Hurst, like right there to say, Hey, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what about this scenario? Uh, and it's what I love about an intergenerational church and that there are people who are a little bit further down the road. There are people who are a lot further down the road. There are people who have empty nests. There are people with older kids, people who are just having kids, um, that there is tons of opportunity to have that life on life interaction that, you know, uh, discipleship and affect where you're able to find somebody and say like, can I just like, can we go to lunch and I just like figure out what you did Mm -hmm. and then in turn be open to 
those same kind of interactions with somebody who's younger, uh, who, you know, maybe they just had kids or they're, they're dating or they're in college and they don't know what to do. You just find yourself, I think, a lot of times in those situations that the Lord brought you through, and then now it's an opportunity to kind of use your story. But as far as our story, <laughs> um, I don't we know. We met at Target. That might be better for her to give the story, and then I will offer my rebuttal. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even true. That's great. Uh, so there, we were both at Baylor um I left NACA 18, went to Baylor for two years, um, and then left and went to AM. Bobby, like, it, we were at Pine Cove at the same time. We were at Baylor at the same time. But I would not say that I knew him. I just knew Baylor small enough, Pine Cove small enough that I knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, my little sister had a crush on him, so I did know his name from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was just this long, like, didn't see him. I graduated from college. He graduated from college. Um, and like, no joke, I moved back to Dallas and was taking an art class and went to Target to grab supplies on my way to class. And he was in the same aisle. And normally I can know I know somebody and go the other direction just cause I get real awkward, but it was like, there was no <laughs> avoiding it. Well, so we end up talking for 20 minutes. I did not make it to my art class. And at the end of the 20 minutes, I introduced myself, and he was like, yeah, I know who you are. But I just wasn't <laughs> sure. Baylor boys kind of have a reputation of, like, you meet them 57 times, and they don't remember you any of the times. Um, but so that kind of started a thing. And, of course, it's Bobby. So um, I leave wanting to set him up with my best friend. Holly was married by this time, for the record, so she did not <laughs> have a crush on him anymore. But, um, <laughs> I leave and thinking I'm going to set my best friend. One of my best friends is like the best person I know in the world. And like, I, I was like, oh my gosh, he seems so great. I should set them up. He left and called his brother and was like, I think I've, I've got a girl that I want to ask out. Well, so what better way in whatever year that was to do it than to start Facebook messaging me. So we're messaging. I'm trying to get him around my friend, Lucy. He's trying to hang out. <laughs> And then in the course of all that, I realized that maybe I didn't want him and Lucy to love each other. I wanted him to like me. And then it was like, does he, doesn't he? Um, But he did. It was all part of the plan. Wow. (laughs) Just perch up in Target looking for former acquaintances. He was buying a blow dryer in Target. No, mm -mm, you don't need to tell the story. No, no, no. To be Mm -hmm. fair, uh, there was a TV show in the 2000s called... This does not make it any better. MTV Cribs. Oh, yes. And there was a Puff Daddy episode (laughs) where he does not use a towel. He has a full body dryer. Nice. He stands under, like, from the ceiling. It's ridiculous. Um... I was not at a place budget-wise where I could afford that, but I could afford <laughs> a handheld dryer. And I had never even been on that aisle at Target. I was like, there's just a lot of different options. I don't know what the difference in any of those are. But I'm at that point, you're like, I'm just trying to get in and get out. And I'm like, okay, quick, quick, quick. And then somebody goes... Bobby? And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> it, was like, it was a girl. And... But then imagine talking to somebody for 20 or 30 minutes, and at the end, they're like, oh, it's Mary, by the way. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know your name. But yeah, it was it was really 
neat to see kind of our paths cross through the years, but then, um, yeah, end up working at the same job in Dallas. And I was her boss and she's trying to do all this stuff with her best friend, Lucy, while I'm training her on how to interact with these clients. And like, you know, a lot of times you're going to take a client to a movie, so we should probably go to a movie. And a lot of times you're going to take them to dinner, so we should probably do dinner. <laughs> and That's it was questionable just, ethics, but yeah, yeah, no. No, no. <laughs> yeah, getting paid to court. Um, but it was, yeah, it just kind of evolved. And then it was after that, I think, I can't remember how old I was, maybe 27 and you were 26. It was like, oh, I mean, we know. Like, let's just do that. And then we knew we wanted to live in a college town because we did not want to live and raise our kids in Dallas and just spend so much for, so much of our time in the car. Well, we also commuting. found out we were pregnant four months after we got married. And so that kind of like, you're like, oh, wait, hold on. Where we were raising our kids in Dallas? We, neither of us were looking for that in our lives. We were both driving like an hour to work every day. And anyway, so I didn't want to, I wasn't trying to like, Hey, I've got a plan. This is where my family is. This is where I grew up. And so I was really trying to leave it in his court. And he drove the bus to Nacogdoches. And <laughs> we came to NAC to visit one Sunday. And Scott Waller, having no idea that this is even being discussed, comes up to my parents and is like, Hey, your son in law seems nice enough. I'm looking to hire somebody. Would he be interested? Would they be interested in living here? Huh. And so um, he offered Bobby a job. So Bobby ended up moving here first. I stayed in Dallas for a little bit because we needed the insurance because I was pregnant. We needed insurance at my job. And so he moved and then we both mo both moved. But like the first Monday that he went to work, he was like, Mary, I called. He was like, Mary, it took me five minutes to get to work. And I hit a red light. And I was like, this is not going to just, man. Like, this is a different ballgame. Um, but in like, even with grace, I just didn't want him to feel any, I mean, and especially the first few years of us living here, I'd be like, is there anywhere else you want to live? Is there any, would, is there a different church you would want? You know, like, I just didn't want him to feel like this is what my family did. And now you have to do this too, or, you know, mm -hmm. but honestly, I, I'm not joking. I think Bobby loves Nacogdoches more than I do. I think if I ever suggested leaving, he'd be like, send me a postcard mm -hmm. from wherever you end up. I will be here. And I mean, really, um, I just think we early on, it was neat. We moved here thinking like maybe Cynthia and Drew and some of their friends would be our friends because we didn't think there were young people here, you know? So we were like, that's, we like them. Like we'll, we'll hang was, out with them. It was you called know? the oldest town in Texas. Um, so you're like, are there a bunch of old people? Um, <laughs> but then know. right after we moved here, these young couples started moving back. Like Ben and Megan moved back and it was just kind of this ben wave, and Ben and Jordan. And so slowly the Lord kind of like gave us our own friends. Not that we, I mean, we still like, love our older friends but yeah um anyway and then way led to way bobby worked at xerox and then he worked at the high school they found out that he was certified to teach so they called and were like hey i think marla christian had put mm -hmm. them on to him so he taught at the high school and before i mean it's like who has this life where they don't apply for jobs but jobs call them so after a year <laughs> being at the high school having not applied for the job Grace called and was like, Hey, we've done this whole huge search for a kids pastor. Would you, but we keep, we come back to you. Like, and it, I mean, he hadn't even like 
thought about any of this. Mm -hmm. Would you be interested? And he was like, no, but thank you for thinking of me. And then (laughs) came home and we talked about it. And my niece was in the kids program at the time. And she just, we wanted anything in her life that could possibly point her back to Christ. And so it was like, look, if we want that for her, how many parents are feeling that about their kids? Um, you know, and that you could be part of that. Like, are you, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so he accepted and it was just like, okay, but now what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, part of why I said no initially was my interpretation of a kid's pastor was like a really nice older woman with a lot of puppets involved. So I was like, I just don't, I can't be that. It's not my gig, I guess. But then to realize, oh no, we have SFA across the street. What a phenomenal resource to like love on college students, really equip them to kind of come alongside our, our kids and families. And it was just it was just a really neat process after that. Yeah. That kind of leads well into a question I wanted to ask. You know, I I, I see you know, you with your with your interns and your leaders, and um, it seems like you guys always have uh, leaders and other college students and you know folks kind of in your home. And you know, one of the things that I I kind of know to be true is that you know proximity is necessary for influence, and you guys seem to do that pretty well. Um, you know, what are some some kind of ways that you guys have? Seen that be true in your life, you know, as you've been around folks that you've sought to disciple and, um, you know, both of you, I know that I've heard Mary, I've heard, you know, lots of girls mention that they're uh, discipled by Mary Austin and that's um, kind of how they have even described that to me. And so how have you guys kind of seen that be true and maybe describe your passion for, for, um, for influencing others and equipping others, like you just said, to, to do that ministry? Um. I think that part of what we've seen in our lives, we we fill our days and nights with stuff. We're busy, and I think probably everybody's everybody's busy. Um, and so, for us to to do that and to feel like okay, we're we have a capacity to bring other people into that. It's kind of kind of a as you are going. Type mm-hmm. thing, and for us, sometimes it would be, "Hey, I'm going to pick up the girls at school. Jump in the car, or uh, I got to run to Lowe's to get this. Let's go, mm-hmm. or I need to uh, build a swing set in the backyard." Thanks, Jared Reed. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, let's just go do that. And you're getting, especially for a guy, at least that's invaluable time uh, where. Not that that can't happen in a coffee shop sitting across the table from somebody, but at least the the dynamics that I grew up in, you're you're going to get much more of somebody if you're working alongside them, mm-hmm. uh, if you're serving alongside them. And so trying to facilitate that type interaction, but also, hey, our best chance at doing this and it actually happening is just not saying, okay, we're going to do it at this and everything's going to be quiet and there's going to be no children. And we're just going to sit and talk about something that we definitely had time to read. It's <laughs> more so it's just life happening next to life. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, 
It's funny because I wish I could say it was more intentional, but I, I feel like if I had to theme our lives, it's like God's kindness and grace that we didn't even know to ask for, you know, like, and so he just, he seems a lot of our stories just kind of God, like making good out of what it just is, you know? And so mm -hmm. I've worked always like since we've been married and, um, because of that, it does. I mean, it means, and we had a, a child like at, right after we had our first anniversary. And so there was never a chance to have it kind of form any other way. Um, but when I look back at what influenced my life, it really has been where people just invited me in. Like it wasn't, I mean, mm -hmm. I can, I can look back. I don't know. I'm, I can't think of some like, Oh, this Bible study, but I can think of this person, you know, like who let me just sit across the dining room table with them mm -hmm. and whatever. It probably was so ridiculous what I was caring about and they never made me feel stupid and they pointed me back to Christ, you know? And so I think that's just how it all formed because it had to. So it was like, well, look, if I've been at work, but we want to have people in our home, then they're going to come over for supper mm -hmm. and stay till, oh my gosh, college kids. Like I'm like, now our baby is going to wake up at six, <laughs> you know, and we're yeah. like inching toward the door, yeah. but we love, I mean, and, and that's the thing is like, none of it has felt like, like let, we have all this we want to give you. It's just been, we have been the recipients of other people pouring their lives into us. And we love like, I, I feel like we're more on the receiving end. Like I could cry thinking of the college kids, the young couples that just, I'm like, I don't even feel like we were offering you anything. And you just came in and like held our babies and sat at our table mm -hmm. and went to the grocery store with me and all these things. And like they, I mean, I hope we gave something to them. I feel like so often I think of, how much we got from like our girls adore them mm -hmm. and we got these awesome babysitters that, you know, you're going, <laughs> I, I love my kids to spend time with these people and to see them. And I like that they think it's weird if we're eating dinner at the table by ourselves. Cause they're like, nobody, nobody's coming over. Yeah. Why, why would we ever just sit here and eat dinner? Just mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, all that to say, that's just another picture of God's grace because it's kind of what it just had to be or else it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But it's like, if you'll go on a walk with me or you'll yeah. sit here while I cook supper. Um, and we've had kids, people live with us for different times and that was really fun, mm -hmm. but just God kind of put it at our doorstep. Yeah. Well, you both, uh, there's so much you could give us information on uh, about, life and ministry. So many different points you could speak of, of serving in vocational ministry, being a team, uh, through the years, of course, now you've, so you've had fingerprints upon kind of this wave of students that you've grown up with yourselves and as leaders, uh, what kind of insights maybe you, could you give us just one or two that you've learned in ministry, being married and serving in vocational ministry? What's something that you might share that can give our larger congregation an insight, uh, into what you've learned to, to balance? Faithfully. I think balance is, is a great word because I think my tendency is to be like, let's go to Six Flags <laughs> eight times a year. You know, like <laughs> we want fireworks. We want, yeah. this is the best time I've ever had. And Mary is so good at like, first off, like, man, that 10 year plan is great. Kids are coming tonight. So I was more asking, what are we going to do tonight? <laughs> uh, but then also just 
the reiteration of what are they leaving with? You know, like if it was a fun time, that's great. But if there's an opportunity for eternity to be changed because of them coming, it's just makes me appreciate what the Lord did, not only in benefiting our family with bringing someone like Mary alongside me, but just for ministry, uh, just a completely different perspective. I think to have really shared values, obviously like we do, but then we're going to attack problems in very different ways. And I think she is gifted in ways that are just pivotal for me. Like if, if I wasn't married to Mary Austin, I probably would have gotten fired after a year or two in ministry. (laughs) Um, But it's just, it's neat to love someone, see them as a parent, and then also see them and how the Lord's using them in ministry and then get to get to come alongside that. It's just, it, it makes you like love the Lord more, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have, um, I don't know. I, I think um, there's a job aspect to it. Like it's, it's got some really awesome things about it. It's got some hard things about it. You know, especially in those early years, it was really hard for us to learn the boundary of like um, not letting it just seep into, not the, I mean, just it could take over your whole life. It could be what we talked about at date night, you know, and, and learning those boundaries of, as with any job, like you can't let that be all you ever talk about. Um and so learning those kind of things and learning, yeah, like we always say, you don't have to be good at everything. You just got to know what you're not good at and ask God to help you bring mm-hmm. people that are good at those things, you know? And mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's been like one of those things that you kind of grow into over the years. But I think more than anything, like I just feel like so overwhelmingly loved and supported by the people here. And I know that that is not every person's experience in ministry, but you know, I do hair on the side and I feel, I know there are people who have me cut their hair just as a way to like love our family because Bobby does what he does, you know? Mm -hmm. And you just go, that is so kind. It's not necessary. I don't, I, I wouldn't like ask that of anyone, but just, um, I feel so thought of and encouraged and supported by the people at Grace Bible Church. And we love, I mean, I I don't know if y'all feel this. You don't. I know Brent, you know every person in there. But I walk in the sanctuary (laughs) now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know half these people. um, And so I know there are a lot of people that we still have yet to know and meet and get to know, which I would love to do. But um, Mm. I, I think just generally we feel really loved and cared for by the families here. Yeah. And let me be clear, though. People also go to you, Mary, because you're unbelievable at what you do. No. So don't be yeah. selling yourself short here. Come on now. Come on now. You're incredible. But I want to. So August 1st is going to be a full Sunday. We'll, uh, we'll actually have our meet and greet with uh, Brad and Tiffany Carr uh, that morning at nine o'clock. Uh, and then, uh, Bobby, you are bringing the word. You're preaching that morning on Exodus 5, 1 through 14. Uh, any insights you want to give us before that moment? Or have you decided to take the whole church to Six Flags? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to Six Flags. Have you ever heard a sermon on the Texas Giant? Um, yeah, well, I'm excited. Um, 
a little bit um, like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> but uh, in Exodus, just in particular, the the parts that we're talking about, really kind of looking at what does it look like for those that know the Lord, kind of in comparison uh, to what things look like for those that don't know the Lord. And mm. so we'll kind of just step in line with what Brent's been talking about uh, in Exodus. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I definitely feel like, okay, let's uh, get in front of a bunch of people and not say anything <laughs> that is not what I believe. But yeah. Well, we're certainly praying for you as you prepare and getting ready to to do that. And uh, it is a, a true blessing to be able to, to open the word and uh, and as a church, collectively sit under the authority of Scripture together. So um, we're thankful for you and thankful for, for both of you for the way that you have um, loved our church and um, been through a lot of hard stuff together with the church. But um, thankful for you know the, the families that we're seeing that are discipling their children alongside you and uh, 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 partially in part to, to your equipping and, and doing that. So um, thank you for, for loving our families well. Um, church, uh, we are, uh, just so thankful for you and thankful for the, um, the blessing of, uh, of gathering together to worship the Lord together. And uh, we look forward to seeing you this Sunday, but, uh, Bobby and Mary, thank you all for, for being here and, and sharing with us and allowing us just to, to celebrate with you. I mean, celebrate the Lord's faithfulness to both of you, uh, together. So thanks. Love you. See you.